You're listening to Tall Americano with Rob Clark. So there's this new series on Netflix about Bill Gates, Inside Bill's Brain. And maybe you've seen it. I think it's a three-part. I've only watched one part. But I find these stories fascinating. I, I love to watch and hear stories about other people, especially massively successful people in, in whatever it may be, in whatever genre, whether it's business or life or art or whatever may be sports, um, because I find that there's things that we can take if we watch other people, there's things that we can take from them and learn to make our own lives better. Now, some of these movies, though, or some of these documentaries or some of these books, that sometimes it gives us the wrong idea, meaning that there's things that we take that aren't necessarily things that we can implement. And Stephen King tells a story often that the number one question that he is asked at any writing conference is, what pencil do you use? Which is a silly question, because if you use the same pencil as Stephen King, you're not going to write like Stephen King. But it happens, right? We think about Steve Jobs. And when stories about his life came out, you saw more and more people thought they had to be jerks and they had to be mean and they had to be unkind to other people to become successful. Or when the movie uh, about Zuckerberg came out, then if you're a 22-year-old college kid that wore a hoodie, then you thought you could be a billionaire entrepreneur as well. Obviously, those are kind of silly examples. But sometimes we do that. Like sometimes we look at what makes someone successful and we think that's the magic formula. That's the magic bullet. That's the thing that we need to do in order to become successful like them. And what I like about this documentary on Bill Gates is that it paints, I think, a pretty accurate picture. I mean, obviously, I don't know Bill Gates, but there's a lot of the story that just points out that we just can't be like Bill Gates. And I think that's a good thing. Now, I remember in David and Goliath, uh, when um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about Steve Jobs and also Bill Gates, and there's just some timing, meaning that there's some things in their life, the right time, the right place, the fact that they were on the West Coast, the time that they grew up, they were very close in age and born very similar uh, months even, I believe. Uh, but just because they had also had access to computers when most people didn't have access to computers, all of these things combined to put them in a situation where most people weren't. And in this documentary, it kind of dives deeper into that. And it was fascinating to hear about Bill Gates, such as when he was in grade eight, he took this math test and it was statewide and he scored the highest mark and not just the highest mark for grade eight, but grade nine, 10, 11 and 12 as well. And so obviously he's a level of genius, at least when it comes to numbers. But then they also talk about his reading habits where he's always reading the fact that he could read 150 pages per hour with 90% retention rate. That's just things that you and I can't do that 99.9% .9 of the earth just can't do. And layered on top of that, he did have a privileged upbringing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the reality. His mom was very driven, very successful in the business world, and she wanted the family to be a force. They would hang out with other friends that had the same attitude. They would rent out this camp where 20 families would gather and they would hold Olympics for these kids, and they'd have podiums and medals. And that's just an upbringing that most of us don't have. 
And so it makes sense when all of these things converge that Bill Gates did what he did. Now, of course, he had to work hard. Of course, he had to be driven. Of course, he had to innovate. But there's a lot of things in his life that you and I just won't be able to do just because of his brain, because of his talent, because of his opportunity, because of his timing. But there are a lot of things that I found interesting about Bill Gates that I personally thought those are good things that I can do today. Those are things that I can have in my own life that would be helpful for me. No, I'm not going to become a millionaire by inventing a company or a billionaire by inventing a company, but there's things that can help me in day-to-day life. And the thing that I appreciated most was when his own siblings were talking about him and his friends were talking about him and his wife was talking about him, about how he's overly optimistic, that he always sees the glass half full. In fact, he's more than that. He, he sees the half full glass and he thinks that everyone could have a drink of water. And I, I love that about him. And I think we're in a time and a place, especially here in North America, where there is a lack of optimism, that there's a lot of negativity because it sells really well. And so we see it all over our social media feeds and news and um, politics. Everything is just so negative. So that's something in my own life that I'm going to try to take more and more on is how do I be more optimistic? And even if sometimes it leads to be me to be naive in areas, I still think that's a win over becoming more negative. The second thing that I loved is that how he was never late for meetings. So here's quite arguably one of the busiest people in the world running Microsoft And he was never late to a meeting. And I I think this says something about him, just when it comes to time management, when it comes to priorities, the fact that he was never late to a meeting, because we know people, and actually I did a podcast about this before, about people that are late to meetings all the time. And they think it's an honor. They think that if they run from meeting to meeting and that they're so busy that they'll seem important. But Bill Gates saw it the other way. And I think there's something to that. But the last thing that I want to touch on was the fact that he's always reading. Now, like I said, that you and I likely can't read 150 pages per hour with 90% retention rate. But the fact that, again, one of the busiest men in the entire world is reading is important because he makes time for it. Now, reading itself, I I don't think is is the issue. I, I think it's this idea of fresh ideas, of new ideas. And so whether it may be on podcasts or YouTube or TED Talk, but this idea of how do we get new and fresh idea? How do we take in new content so that we just don't run with the ideas that we've had for the last 10, 20, 30 years, but we have fresh ideas, challenge our thinking. And I think that's important to growth. And I think that's important to how it fuels everything, including our optimism. And the, the final thing that I really appreciate about him and something that I'm going to think about is when he said that he wants to take on problems that involve risk, meaning that if he takes on a problem that doesn't involve risk, it won't include innovation, that innovation won't happen. And I found that interesting. So this idea that if we truly want to be innovative in whatever we're doing, whether it's our jobs, our personal lives, so it's business, or maybe it's a faith aspect or a nonprofit, or even running your own family, that if you want to be innovative, there is going to be a level of risk. And again, that's something that in our culture right now, we are a little bit more risk averse, that because we're often so negative, 
we don't want to take risk, that we want to play it safe. And if we do that, then innovation can't happen. And so I enjoyed the first part of the series. There's three parts. I probably won't watch the rest. Um, but it did make me appreciate a little bit more about Bill Gates. But more importantly, there are some lessons that I think that all of us, and I'm going to imply in my own life, how to be more optimistic, how to make time for new and fresh ideas, and how to push into things that involve a little bit of risk. Um, because again, if I want to innovate in my life, in my family's life, in whatever endeavor I take on, I'm going to have to be okay with some level of risk. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And it would mean so much to me if you left a rating or a comment. Reach out to me at any time at thisisrobclark at gmail.com.